and then I just uh, popped open a beer and it um, spilled everywhere. Oh, so that, that's fun. Yeah, so I was like, oh, this is this is going so well. <laughs> this is episode five of Red Flags and Red Cards, and we're talking NASCAR, the maybe return of Major League Baseball, if ever, and the definite return of the English Premier League. Sit back, relax, and let's have some fun. Well, welcome everyone to Red Flags and Red Cards, episode five. Thank you for making it this far. I am Nick, coming at you from Nashville, Tennessee, and then we've got Josh hailing from the great state of North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Oh, we've got a we uh, we named this episode "Beef with a Chance of Lightning," which we hope that you can understand that the more the show goes on. I'll just leave it leave you hanging there with that. Uh, we had a pretty jam-packed uh, weekend full of racing at Homestead Miami Speedway. We had some really good racing over in Utah with the Supercross guys. And uh, we've got some soccer coming up. So we got a pretty good show coming at you today. Josh, what do you, what did you think of Homestead? I thoroughly enjoyed the weekend. Um, I got to see, I missed the uh, the first Xfinity race. Um, was out doing some stuff with some family that was in town from the West Coast. Um, but the, I did get to see the green-white checkered ending, which looked awesome. Um, the truck race was great. Um, thoroughly enjoyed the Xfinity race on Sunday morning. Um, and then I thought the cup race was fantastic on Sunday. It kind of had everything I look for in a Homestead race. So overall, I was very pleased with the, the racing at Homestead, um, which I think is pretty much always the case with racing at Homestead. Uh, what do you think? I absolutely loved it. It was a great weekend. Uh, I wasn't able to really catch much of the truck race. Uh, all I saw, like when I turned it on, was that KB had just gone to the pits after serving his. Um, had to go to the end of the end of the pack to start the race, and then do a drive through to serve a penalty. So I was like, "No way is he gonna win this race or do well at all." And then he comes into the pits, gets repaired, and next thing I know, I find out he won the race. <laughs> in typical Kyle Busch fashion. I wasn't even mad. I was like, yeah, okay, well, there's another win. <laughs> yeah, it took him, uh, I think he took the lead on lap 37. Good After all grief. that. Grief. Like, he, uh, he, I don't believe he won a lap down with the pass through. Um, he mm. stayed, like, just on the tail end of the lead lap. And then uh, after the a couple cautions um, helped him kind of get through the field. And once he got the lead, uh, there there wasn't anybody touching him. Um, he's just, it's just incredible how dominant he is because you have, he, ha, there's other Kyle Busch motorsports cars that struggle. Yeah. It's the same equipment. Everything's the same. And he just, you know, even with the troubles, he breezes through the field and just on older tires, even he, there was this moment where it's like, Oh, these guys got new tires. looks like they're going to have a good shot at him. And he just, he just kept pulling away and it's just impressive how good he is. Yeah. I'll, I, I was part of the party that would be like, well, you're just taking candy away from a baby sort of thing. But a lot of these truck guys are career truck drivers. I, like, you know, the Matt Craftons, the Johnny Sauters, those guys. Like, So they know how to wheel a truck. Mm-hmm. And they've been doing it for, you know, 15 some odd years, somewhere around there. And like you said, Kyle can just, you know, just annihilate them on the racetrack as if they were, as if like the Craftons and the Sauters were rookies. So right. it really is impressive to see him just do so well. I'm I'm kind of bored and done with 
hating him. Oh, that's not true. Um, <laughs> like just, I just, I, I just accept it. It's just, you know what? Okay. He won again, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Just, just be glad racing's back. I just kind of, I keep going back to just be glad racing's back. Be glad it's back. And yeah, I just kind of have to let it not bother me anymore. One of my favorite things about Kyle Busch is every time he wins in the truck or Xfinity series, Jeff Gluck goes back and retweets a tweet from like five years ago that just says Kyle Busch won again. No way. <laughs> I've so, never noticed yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. And so it's just this, this random, this, or this consistent trend of every now and then it's like Jeff Gluck's post from, it might be like 2015 and he just keeps going back and retweeting That's Kyle Busch awesome. won again. <laughs> I love that so much. Uh, the Xfinity Xfinity races were incredible to watch. They were there's were they're just so. This whole season has been so fun with the Xfinity guys, even with Cup guys or without Cup guys. Usually, if it's with Cup guys, it's Kyle Busch. So you're just gonna see who's gonna beat Kyle Busch. But when it's when it's not Kyle Busch, it seems like the theme right now is who's gonna beat Noah Gragson, which is that. I don't like him, but I don't dislike him he's just he's he's kind of becoming that guy he might be the next love to hate I don't, i'm not sure he's mm-hmm. i think he's trying to find his own personality within the sport um i think his uh his donuts that he did at bristol with no fans kind of put a bad taste in my mouth i don't i don't know why i was just like <laughs> what are you doing but i don't he's- know he knows how to wheel a car that's for sure yeah, and he's still really young. He's 21 years old, yeah. um, young driver. And so it's really him and Chase Briscoe are kind of going to be the uh, the two guys going at it all year. Um, but it's interesting, and a couple other people I was listening to talking about were kind of bringing up this point. And I think one of the things that makes Xfinity so interesting and enjoyable right now is that there aren't really many super talented people. Um, like last year we had this year where it was, you had the cream of the crop where you had Christopher Bell, Tyler Reddick and Cole Custer that were just great drivers, knew how to wield a thing. They'd been around for several years and just, they were just so good at their craft with all of them moving on. There's this gap where you have guys that are talented. You got the Noah Gregson and Chase Briscoe and Austin Sindrick, but they don't necessarily have the. Um, I guess it would be the experience of putting together full races. And so they're mo- more prone to making mistakes where you've, you saw it occasionally last year. Like I think there's a few times where Reddick and uh, Custer got together accidentally. Um, but for the most part, those three had kind of reached the pinnacle of Xfinity and were ready to move on to the next level. And right now you got these guys that are outside of maybe Briscoe. Briscoe is the only one that I think like he could move up the cup next year. I don't know how well he'd do, but I think he's ready for it. Um, rest of the guys are either Xfinity lifers or they're just, they haven't put it all together yet. Um, they may one day, you know, Harrison Burton had that great run to win it on Saturday, um, but then he made several mistakes on Sunday that showed his youth and inexperience. And so, um, and I think that's also highlighted by how good Dale Jr. ran um, Saturday after not only racing the car twice in the last three years and he gets in and he was had a good shot to win it at one point he did i uh i, I feel like he kind of took the owner card there towards the end because it seemed like he kind of just wanted to push noah to a win which i totally understood and at the same time i was like oh come on just go for the win yeah it's interesting you touch on you know the the big three as it were last year you knew one of those guys was gonna win and right now if you have you know brandon jones noah Gregson, chase briscoe austin Sindrick up there you're not sure who's gonna win it could be none of them. 
Oh, I was touching on how you with uh, Brandon Jones and Austin Cindric and Chase Briscoe and Doe Graxon. You, you really you're not sure who's gonna win when it's those guys. You know, say at the top four in a restart. Whereas, you know, you had the um, Cole Custer and um, I'm blanking out right now. Tyler Reddick Tyler and Reddick. Uh, Christopher Bell. <laughs> and Christopher Bell. Like you kind of knew who was probably gonna take the win, maybe. Um, but with these guys, with the I don't want to say inexperienced, but not as experienced as those guys. Uh, you're just not sure what's going to happen. And it, it makes it exciting. Um, you had several mistakes happening. Um, and I mean, it helps when you get cautions, you know, that you had the, at one point wait in with like three laps to go. You had Gregson, Gregson had a one second, one or two second lead over Briscoe. And then third place was 21 seconds behind. Yeah. <laughs> so right. they were just, they were dominant, but then, uh, you know, a couple things happened and I think Gregson ended up like sixth and he was a lap, two laps away from winning the race and a hundred thousand dollars. And instead he, he got neither the race win nor a hundred thousand dollars with right. the, the dash for cash. Yeah. Saturday's race, the caution flew at, uh, what was it? I think seven laps to go. Yeah, and then Sundays was two laps to go. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, he lost both of them. Yep, So after led 160-something laps over the weekend, and um, I think he had a third and a sixth-place finish. So. <laughs> He'll get there. He'll be all right. Yep, yeah. But uh, the, the showcase of the weekend, the cup race, what, what I really liked about the cup race and, and Homestead not being the finale is that you got to see a lot of racing throughout the field rather than just keeping your eye eye on the the four guys who are going for the championship. That's that was I was trying to figure out what the difference was and why I was enjoying it so much more than than in previous years. Cuz you know, Homestead's the last race of the season, so you've got that in the back of your mind like, oh man, like you know, this is it. After this race, we got to wait 90 some odd days before the next, you know, before the next season starts, which sometimes that's a a blessing. <laughs> um, but uh, I think that's why I was able to enjoy this one so much more was they were showing other battles. You weren't concentrating on, you know, four guys. And you were wondering if Denny Hamlin's crew would put the right amount of tape on the nose this time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, I mean, he dominated the race in a, in a way, but it, it didn't bug. It didn't, like, stress me out or anything. I, I mean, I really thought Chase was going to get him. That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that, but you're right. Usually there's such a focus on the top four guys and what they're doing and their strategy and all that, that there was that element where you had, were able to show stuff throughout the field. Um, so that's an excellent point. Um, but then also it was, there's this tendency within the NASCAR within fandom. I won't even stick it just to NASCAR. It's just across the board that in order for something to be exciting, we want a lot of back and forth, a lot of passing or a lot of, you know, scoring back and forth game changes game changing plays things like that but sometimes it's just really great to watch something just unfold naturally and even though hamlin led a large majority of the race it never felt like hamlin was running away with it you know at one point in time the guy in fifth place was like again like 17 seconds behind the leader but first through fourth for the last 50 laps were all within two seconds of each other and you just knew at any point in time if any mistake was made which one mistake was made as uh, chase elliott put it i have to do better at getting through lap traffic we'll talk about that a little bit more Mm. in a second but uh 
uh, there's this, there was always this thought of, okay, if Hamlin slips up, you know, Elliot's going to be there. And if Elliot and Hamlin get racing, you got Blaney and uh, Reddick right behind them. Um, plus it's exciting having young guys, you know, um, I knew, I think most of us that follow NASCAR had a gut feeling that Reddick was going to have a great day because Homestead and Reddick just go together. Sure. Um, but for him to, you know, charge through the field from 24th to second in the first 20 laps, um, and then to be there all day, it was exciting just to know, okay, Reddick's right there. Wouldn't it be awesome if we get this rookie first time winner can, can grab the win. Um, so it just, it made a lot of intrigue and a lot of fun all throughout the race, knowing that there was this close racing. And even though there was only really one pass in the last 70 laps or whatever, and Hamlin just maintained that lead, just the, the thought of what's going to happen. What if, um, kept it intriguing for me. Yeah, absolutely. I think with Reddick, uh, two things with Reddick. One, did you know that he thought that the white flag was a checkered flag? <laughs> yes, that's hilarious. I was watching the, uh, I can't remember what it was now. It was some sort of in-car camera. I was watching, oh, it was on Race Hub last night. Uh, they showed his in-car camera and had the, um, the, uh, the radio conversations happening and his crew's like go 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 what are you doing and he meanwhile tyler's like guys thanks for a really good car it was a really great race and his spotter and crew chief are like no keep going we have one more lap to go <laughs> it was very entertaining um and another thing with reddick uh yeah like you said it's, it's just exciting seeing him up there it's exciting for him it's exciting for um rcr having a car in the top five or well top 10 let alone top five and it yeah it's it's unfortunate that uh who was who was in it last year that just didn't do as well as they hoped he's back in the xfinity series now oh um daniel hemrick yeah Yeah, that was a bummer because i was i was rooting for him to do well but alas it's 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 really cool seeing the eight car just back up there we haven't seen the eight car that high since junior drove it and that wasn't even rcr (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and they they said it was the it was the first time that both Richard Childress cars finished in the top ten since like uh, a restrictor plate race in 2017, and the first time at a non restrictor place plate race since like 2015, um, which I think would have been Harvick might have still been or 2014 20 or maybe older than that. I think Harvick was in the car whatever date they said the last time you had two RCR cars finishing in the top ten. Wow. So. So that's it's good, uh, good ways away. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe, maybe it was just Boyer, one of them and either event it was, it's been a while. Um, so it's been cool. A lot of it goes to Chevrolet got a new nose this year. That's a bit more built for this rules package. And so you've seen a lot of more success from Chevy. Even, um, the 43 Bubba Wallace is a, uh, their car is affiliated with Richard Childress racing. And he drove through the field at the end. I think the last run he went from, 18th or 19th to 13th, I yeah, believe, is where yep. he finished. Yeah, he's so. had solid top 15s the past few weeks. It's it's really been exciting just to be a fan of his, not just all the great humanitarian stuff, I guess you want to call it, that he's done the past few weeks, but he's just really running well. He's got a hell of a fire under him to, you know, and given, you know, the current status of what the, what the United States is going through right now, or if he's just, you know, just got a new... I don't know, no pun, no pun intended, just a new drive, you know, just to just to do well, to do better, better than top 25s. You know? Well, one of one of the interesting things is looking at a guy like Corey LaJoy, 
Um, so Corey LaJoy in his younger years was kind of notable for being that like that guy that sometimes drove over his head a little bit, drives over his head and would kind of put himself and other drivers in kind of more reckless situations. And as he's been put into these cars that don't run as well, he's had to change his driving style to be more um, careful, more cautious. And I, it, it wouldn't surprise me if that was a similar case for Bubba while the cars were, you know, trying to take a 23rd place car and have it finish in the top 20. But now that the cars are better handling more, he can be a bit more aggressive, push the envelope a bit more, make passes a bit more. He's always been a great passer. Bubba has. Yeah. Um, but and defender can, and <laughs> defender. Yeah. I've, I've watched him a few times and I'm like, he's like when Ryan Newman retires, if that ever happens, oh, like then the next hardest person to pass will probably be Bubba Wallace because they have a very similar style. Yeah, I would hate to uh, be a leader and come up on Newman and Bubba as lap traffic because you might yes. not get by safely. <laughs> <laughs> See Matt De Benedetto. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> last year, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, um, back to old uh, Chase Elliott and Logano. I'm going to dive into that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You had a, so this, it all stems back to the Bristol race, which we talked about a few weeks ago where, uh, Chase Elliott, um, he sent it in there to try and, uh, get past Logano and it did not stick. And, um, Logano, Logano was obviously upset about that, but he was even more upset about the fact that Elliott did not come up to him and, uh, apologize or at least talk to him about it. And that, Joey had to go to him about it. Um, and it was one of those things where Joey was just pointing out that um, it's it's something, uh, it's about, you know, taking, I guess, responsibility or a sign of maturity, and which, as we talked about before, largely based upon Joey's previous mistakes um, that he made when he was Chase's age. And so he said at that time that he was going to make it very difficult on chase throughout this year, whenever it was time to pass him. And, uh, we saw two examples of that during the Homestead race. Um, once that ultimately, I, I think, would you agree cost chase the win? Oh, absolutely. His momentum was gone. Like -hmm. he got a little bit of that momentum back before he tapped the wall. You know, just, you know, just driving the car hard. But, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, Joey, I I was, I was kind of watching it a little bit and he was going slower but then all of a sudden the leaders got there. Mind you, these are two lead- first and second place. Denny Hamlin, not a good relationship. Chase Elliott, not a good relationship. And he sides with Denny <laughs> to kind of <laughs> let him go by a little easier than Chase. Um, as as uh, oh gosh, his name escapes me right now. Brett Griffin, jeez. As he mm-hmm. stated today to TJ Majors, he said, "Does your guy, you know, does he have any friends in the in the garage?" Because he just seems like that someone new kind of d- dislikes Joey every <laughs> every week. I thought that was interesting. Um, mm-hmm. But all I have to say, I feel, yeah, Chase Chase win was was his loss was due to how Joey drove him. And you know, I kind of I try to look at it both ways. Yes, Joey's trying to keep from going two laps down, but there's like twenty laps left. And it's a very low probability that he's going to be getting one you know, not really two laps back before that happens. You know, there's slim to no chance he's going to get a lucky dog to get back mm-hmm. the lead lap and, and contend for, for a win or anything. But, yeah, I, yeah, he, he pretty much just used it as a way to not let Chase win. Like, he, he can't, I think I saw a quote from him, like, he cost me a win, so I costed him a win. 
I was like, and well, it's, there you go. <laughs> that's a pretty even, and I think even afterwards, Denny was like, you know, you, you know, if something like that's going to happen, that there's a chance that the guy could cost you a race, you expect payback, and that you kind of, you not kind of, we saw it there. It actually, it did remind me a little bit of uh, of Matt with Joey several years ago, where there was this, you know, and it's not that Joey did anything wrong. As a lap car, the biggest thing they tell you is, you know, Whatever lane you pick, just stay in that lane. And he just happened to pick the lane that the leaders would definitely want um, until Denny got the lead, and then he he went to the inside so the uh-huh. leaders could go by. Um, so there's, I I enjoy the uh, I enjoy seeing feuds. I enjoy seeing the drama. Oh yeah. Um, I would have preferred for Chase to win over Denny, um, but you know I don't I don't see anything. It, the one thing I would say is it's kind of like a, I don't know if they're completely even because of the damage that was done to Joey's car. But in my mind, like, I feel like, all right, you paid him back. And hopefully I'm hoping that this week chase calls him and is like, all right, can we uh, be done with this? And, and yeah. they, they can move on. I don't really um, see it as it, as it, I don't really see it continuing. It's not mm-hmm. that kind of feud. Right. Oh, Oh, I wanted to go back on a statement I made last week that I don't know who, I would want to win. Like, I was talking about Denny Hamlin. <clears throat> and I wasn't sure who I would want to win more, like Denny Hamlin or another driver. And I think the only driver I would want him to beat is Kyle Busch. Otherwise, I'm going for the other driver. I take that back. <laughs> if it's Denny versus Joey Logano, I'm going for Denny Hamlin. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> I disagree, but that's okay. I figured. Although, I, honestly, I'm probably one of those people that, like, there's very few people I would vote root for ahead of Lugano, um, personally. I just I yeah. like him. You've got him. Yeah, yeah, I see that. It's yeah. all good. He's a good guy, and I, I, you know, I like. He has a little bit of. It's one of those things where you know, Dale Earnhardt would do those things, and some people loved him for it, and some people hated him for it. And I'm okay with a driver doing those things. You know. Yeah. Um, I'm okay with the driver being hated. <laughs> um, and and enjoying watching them do do stuff like that. That maybe upset some people or pushes them over the edge. But um, anyway, over all in all, I thought a great weekend of racing um, leading into Talladega this, this weekend. Um, The one thing that was frustrating with the race um, was uh, the lightning rule. Oh my gosh. So for those who don't know, I'm not sure. I think this is not just a NASCAR thing. This is kind of sports wide. Yeah. Oh yeah. So if there's a lightning strike, Within eight miles of your venue, you have to halt everything for at least 30 minutes. And you have to wait 30 minutes between every lightning strike. So let's say lightning strikes. Okay, cool. Let's wait 30 minutes. Well, in 20 minutes, another lightning bolt hits. Well, now you got to reset that 30-minute clock. Okay, folks, this happened three times. <laughs> uh, I believe there was one time they almost got strapped in. All the, all the drivers got they got called back to their cars. Lightning struck again, and then I think we hit, I don't know, maybe a fifteen or twenty minute mark, and then lightning struck again, and then the guys got back in their car again a third time, and then we had lightning once more. So we and didn't. Then they we, drove thirty laps, and there's more lightning. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's what it was. That was the third time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's what made it into what a thirteen hour day for some guys, I'm sure, or more. <laughs> 
Unfortunately, yeah. NASCAR couldn't get the ratings they were hoping for because when you expect a three thirty show and it doesn't start till seven thirty, you're gonna lose a lot of views. <laughs> right. I think I think they had two point eight million people view. I'm sure it would have been more, but you know. Mm-hmm. Apparently Talladega is a highly viewed race, NASCAR fan or not, so hopefully this weekend's race will get a lot of publicity to those who are new to NASCAR. Yeah, it'll be especially interesting um seeing them barrel barrel off into turn one at Talladega with uh no practice. Oh that my will be gosh. a good time. That's actually smart though, because <laughs> practice always seems to have some sort of mayhem. There's like that one guy where there's, you know, six cars that are are drafting each other and then there's that one person who just randomly gets loose or something and wrecks six cars. The one point, and I don't remember, I think it might have been like Jimmy Johnson brought it up and he was saying the biggest thing is that there's differences with the car and the thing that a 20 or 30 minute practice would have done is allowed you to adjust to how quickly the runs come. So when you're in the draft, you get, you catch the air or you get, or you have the draft from the air in the car in front of you. And so in sometimes it's a very slow process as you catch up to that car, but sometimes it's a very quick process. And when you do, you either have to drag the brake a little bit to slow down or bump the car or pull out a line to make the pass. And if you haven't had the practice to judge that and the runs come a lot quicker than you anticipate, well, it wouldn't take, but you know, especially even some of the greatest drivers in the world, if that run comes a split second faster than you anticipate, you're taking out 20 cars. Um, and so that's kind of the risk with it. Um, but it also, uh, it'll be fun. <laughs> so what you're saying is John Hunter Nemechek is going to win this weekend. More than likely, <laughs> yes. Dude, this is the weekend for front row, for sure. Any of those guys, front row, go fast. Uh, JTG uh, Doherty Racing, this is their weekend, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. I, I want to dive into something real quick. Uh, and then we'll we'll move on. Uh, but you've been following this a little closer than I have. The the Denny Hamlin and Corey LaJoy Twitter feud that began in Atlanta. We touched on yeah, this a few weeks was, ago, but it, it, it has evolved since then. Yes, and I think it's also ended, too, okay. to a degree. And okay. so, which kind of ties in a little bit with the Joey Logano Um, Chase Elliott thing is that so they they kind of had this back and forth in Atlanta and then it was made even more fun when um, when uh, Corey LaJoy beat Denny Hamlin at Martinsville now that was largely based on the fact that Denny Hamlin had a car that was overheating all night but still it was a fun (laughs) kind of addition to the storyline and then something happened and so um, Corey LaJoy held a did a bonus edition of his of his podcast during the week and he made this statement that, you know, um, he was friends with Denny and stuff like that. He'd go over and play basketball, but Denny cared way more about his phone than interacting with people or being friends or something like that. So there's some shot like that taken. And then he also made the comment. He's like, you know, it's Homestead this weekend, and I'm sure, you know, I'm sure he'll do well. There's nothing on the line. It's not raising for a championship, so he'll probably go out there and win. Which <laughs> so was like such a, like which was such a small jab. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I was like, ooh, this is good. <laughs> I just wish Corey had a better car that he could take that out on the racetrack. Well, that's part of what's interesting because yeah. there was a moment when after Joey messed everything up for Chase, Denny was in the lead, and Denny comes by Ch- Corey, and Corey just went to the bottom and let him go by. Um, interestingly enough, also, Kurt Busch and Alex Bowman were both 
on the lead lap when the leaders came by, and they both also just pulled over and let them go, um, which I thought Bowman might have tried to fight it to help out his teammate a little bit, but he didn't, which I thought was interesting. Um, mm. But according to Denny in an interview, one of the interviews they do after the race, he said after everything came out, he called Corey, um, and they kind of talked things out, and they're at a much, you know, they don't necessarily agree with everything, but they, they've they talked things out. And okay. so I can respect that. Yeah, and so that's why I think it would behoove Chase to reach out to Joey. Um, there's just something about when somebody, it's kind of like similarly to, you know, people hiding behind a keyboard or something like that. Yeah. Your, people are a lot more brave on a um, behind a keyboard sending notes. You know, I've gotten emails over time that they, which are a bit harsher or critical or something like that. And then you talk to them in person and they're much nicer about it because typically once you're in person, it's harder to be angry at somebody and there's also oh, yeah. there's even like scientific data to back up like once somebody comes to you in person and apologizes to you like you soften towards that person um because i mean that's part of how god created us <laughs> you Amazing. Know, <laughs> um so it's there's something important to that and so i think um but it was it made things immensely fun to follow um and Corey lajoy doesn't back down so it would not surprise me if uh if something happens that reheats the thing, reheats things, it would definitely be fun. It just amazes me that this is the son of Randy LaJoy. <laughs> For real. It's, I, I just love it. I just love it. Oh, man, I miss that guy. We should see him at the racetrack more often. Mm. For sure. Uh, I want to jump into something. This is It's still NASCAR, but it's a little different. So as, as many of you know, uh, NASCAR took a bunch of steps forward last week with um, social issues that indirectly and direct well actually directly in, uh involved them and in including people uh in their sport that mes- that necessarily didn't feel welcome prior uh one being the confederate flag has been banned at all racetracks as we have talked about but this other thing that um has been kind of uh, sh- overshadowed by the confederate flag not negatively just it's overshadowed because the confederate flag is a big deal but um this is really cool news with NASCAR and the LGBTQ uh, community, is uh, which is not two things I would ever put in the same sentence. I never thought of it in the same sentence. So NASCAR is going to participate in the inaugural You Can Play Pride auction. And that is an auction that contributes... Um, well, it just ensure it's a sorry. You can play is an organization dedicated to ensuring equality, respect, and safety for all athletes without regard to sexual orientation and/or gender identity. I'm getting this from NASCAR.com. Uh, its programs are designed to support the LGBTQ community by building a network around them, and it is the spirit. You can play launched its inaugural Pride auction, supporting virtual education curricula and online networking programs. So NASCAR is participating in that, contributing a signed helmet and two tickets along with a vip experience to a 2021 nascar cup race to the winning bidder um and then it goes on when the auction is which is uh june 15th to the 30th and i just really thought i actually got texts from friends via instagram and just regular text message that because i posted that nascar was doing this and a lot of my friends were just like oh my gosh like this is this is so cool like NASCAR is just taking crazy strides. And regardless of, of, of where you're at with, you know, the LGBTQ community, I hope that, you know, you, you treat them like a human and nothing else. But I just thought it was really cool seeing NASCAR do this because we've always been known as kind of a, 
I'm, I might be putting words into NASCAR's mouth, but kind of like a Bible Belt sport. Is that fair? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's most popular in the Bible Belt. There's a there's definitely a strong correlation. I mean, that's part of why races are at 12 or 1 o'clock on Sundays um, is for, you know, you go to church in the morning and then you race in the afternoon. Um, yeah, then you so watch yeah. Sunday Night Football. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so I just thought it was really cool. Um, I... Uh, we, we didn't really talk about this prior to the show, but as as someone as as two guys who 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 love Jesus, uh, it's it's important to to love and to care about those you don't agree with and and or you know just don't necessarily see eye to eye with, but we can still have community. And I think this is one of those steps forward with with NASCAR. Not that we're like some religious racing organization, but but just from a personal <laughs> standpoint as a NASCAR fan, I just think this is really cool. And it's something that I've kind of tried telling other people like, look, we're not a racist sport, but unfortunately there's this Confederate flag behind me that says we don't welcome everyone. Well, now that we don't have that Confederate flag, we really are welcoming everyone to NASCAR. And this is just one of those steps. This is kind of a, a minor rant that I wanted to have. And I just thought it was really, really cool. Yeah. Um, and so that's, um, anything else to cover with NASCAR or, well, we have, um, um, some big news that was announced yesterday. I'm very glad they, yes, I am really glad they announced. Okay. So for those who don't know, and you probably do know, since you listen to this podcast, um, the NASCAR all-star race usually is held at Charlotte motor speedway every May, the week prior to the Coca-Cola 600. Well, this year being that it is a. Fuster cluck of a season. <laughs> they, uh, Marcus Smith and SMI have taken strides, forward strides to moving the all-star race to Bristol Motor Speedway. And ladies and gentlemen, yours truly, we are going. <laughs> <laughs> yours and yours truly. <laughs> yours and yours truly. <laughs> Uh, yes, thank you. Uh, yours is like both of us. <laughs> yes, I guess so. <laughs> we, are, we are going. Um, tickets for $35 for the first one through 30, rows one through 30. And I was like, you know what? We're going to sit in that lower bowl. I've sat high and it's not as fun. So I was like, we're going to sit lower. I don't even care. Um, when you texted me that, I was like, what? $35? And that's like no fees or taxes or like after tax or whatever. It was just... I'm yeah, like, just, just just straight up thirty five dollars. What in the world? Um, so that's going to be absolutely fantastic. I am beyond stoked about that. I'll have to figure out. I'll have to find somebody to teach youth group stuff for me that night. But that'll yeah. be no problem. <laughs> well, you already bought the ticket, so yep. you gotta go. Um, yeah. So it's July fifteenth. They um, they don't really have any details yet on what the format looks like. All we know now is that the number on the race car is going to be on the quarter panel, real rear quarter panel. The sponsor is going to be where the number usually is, and then we have pissy fans who are complaining about it because they have nothing better to do in these COVID nineteen times. Apparently, <laughs> I mean, there's like in one sense, I get it. Like NASCAR, it's one of those things where NASCAR has this tendency to like fix things that aren't broken historically. Um, but at the same time, it's like whatever. Um, Dale Earnhardt Jr. made the point like, you know what? I'm fine with whatever, but just please keep the numbers like the same size. I hate like sports where the numbers are so small. And I'm like, I, I don't know who this is because like four of you have the 
identical paint schemes and I can't see the number. Um, so if they move it to like they have in the pictures and they're like, yeah, yeah, you can just add another advertisement there and you can still see the number pretty clearly. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Um, I'm, I'm just excited. There's, we can go to a race. So Bristol's allowing 30,000 fans in a stadium that holds 100 and 60. Is that what it holds? I'm, let's, let's find this. I got it. I, I think so. I know. I mean, it's, it's huge. Um, the number of fans they get in 1, there. 1,000, Yeah. So that's, um, about a little under a third, I guess, or a little, is it around 25%, um, or 20% uh, people in somewhere 20, around there, About 20%, but we're all going to be spread apart. I mean, I don't even know yes. if we're going to sit together. I'm right. sure we will, but yeah, I did see a lot in the note in a lot of the precautions. You had to, I had to sign a waiver before I bought these tickets. Oh, wow. I was like, I mean, I don't blame him. I figured that kind of stuff was going to happen. Um, yeah, that's true. And yeah. it, it makes complete, it made complete sense to me. Um, uh, they were like in the, in the, in those, in those, uh, in the waiver, it was like, you have to stay, keep socially distant from those in your party and those not in your party. I'm like, um, I'm going to be standing next to my friend having a conversation. Right. I mean, I, I, I mean, it's like, are they going to have a bunch of Karens, if you will, running around like y'all better stay six feet apart now. I mean, they might, they very well may be. <laughs> yeah. Looking at the, uh, the video on, or looking at the fans that were at Homestead, it looks like, you know, they, they allow people, you know, within your group to, to stay together. Yeah. I would, um, ho- I would hope so. So it'll be a great time though. Um, and also there's rumors floating around that NASCAR would, uh, will possibly, um, try a choose cone at the all-star race. Oh, there is that. Uh, Austin yes. Dillon tweeted that last night. I'm pretty yep. sure. He's I been wrote fighting a, for this thing. So, yeah, I tweeted to Steve O'Donnell like in a letter format. Oh my <laughs> I gosh! I was like, "Dear OD Steve, <laughs> thank you so much for all that you do. You've made several good decisions. Please, please, please use a choose cone, something along those effects." And I think I decided that I'm going to tweet all of my tweets from now on in letter formats to people. <laughs> oh my gosh, you totally should. <laughs> It's kind of like um, Jimmy Fallon's thank you notes. Yeah. It's like, thank you, so-and-so, and so-and-so. Yeah, you should definitely do that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you have like 240-some-odd characters or whatever it is. You got plenty of plenty, right. plenty of uh, letters to use. Yeah. Uh, so that, so that's NASCAR. The uh, Yeah, and so there was also Supercross on Sunday, which was simultaneously watching during the race. Um, that worked your out boy, well. Yeah, it did. Yeah, my boy um, won. Yeah. But uh, unfortunately for both him and Webb, they look in their mirror and who's in third place? Oh Eli Tomac. He's so good. I'm not even mad. <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, he takes he takes one off the wheel of Cooper Webb. He looked like he was actually possibly going to get the whole shot. And all of a sudden he's pushed back to like eighth place. And then he just slowly and meticulously works his way up to third place and just kind of settles in there. And you just you can't extend the or can't really cut into the points lead. Um, if the guy keeps finishing right behind you, which, so. you know, who knew that living. So for those who do not know, Eli Tomac lives in Colorado, like somewhere tucked away in the mountains. He's got a beautiful home up there with a track and all this kind of thing. So he trains in these higher altitudes, which who knew that was going to help him win a championship because mm-hmm. the, these final seven races has have been held in Salt Lake city, Utah. So props to him. Um, 
It's too bad Roxon does not have a championship to his name, but hey, neither does Eli Tomac, so it's cool. There's, I mean, yeah, it's whatever. There's no ill will, I don't think, with any of those guys. They're not really a rivalry, I wouldn't say. The only rivalry is that they're just fighting for the same championship. So the point I was going to make before I hit the mute button um, was that part of what was so impressive is Ken Roxon is battling shingles right now. Dude, he and, goes uh, through every medical condition. For real. <laughs> oh, my God. Goodness. Yeah, he is battling shingles right now, and he still killed it. He held yep. that lead. I was really nervous he was going to let that lead go because it, it kind of went away. Not away, but he dropped maybe, I want to say Webb gained about a second on him because mm-hmm. Webb was kind of getting through the, uh, the the whoop section a little bit better. And then and then he uh, Roxon kind of got, got that lead back to, I think he won by about mm, three and a half seconds. Yeah, it kind of stabilized for the last five minutes or so at three and a half seconds back to Webb, and then another four seconds behind him was uh, Tomac, um, who I think just kind of was riding at that point. So, um, Which you, but yeah. you speak up minutes. I, I've re- at first, when, when Supercross implemented uh the timed races rather than laps i was at first i didn't really like it but now i really do because you kind of know what you're gonna get you know you know how you know the race is 20 minutes so whatever mm-hmm. that looks like for as many laps those dudes ran 29 right. 28 28 or 29 laps at that track yesterday so yeah. i was just like good grief that is that's just so many laps so you could do like 28 29 laps there and then you can go to daytona and run you know whatever 15 laps i don't know just a random thought i just really like that they do timed races Mm -hmm. i wouldn't hate if nascar did that that'd be a little different yeah it'll never happen but (laughs) you know i'd be okay with like nascar being like all right this race is this many laps and this race is this many hours and stuff like that i think you know i think those that's not a bad thing to have yeah um that's a a good idea uh well shall we talk about what returns tomorrow Yes, the Premier League is back. Oh my gosh, it is it has been a long 3 months. Oh gosh. Uh, I would like to preface that I found out that the Premier League was going to quit or stop 2 days after I was supposed to go. No, a day before I was supposed to go to a Premier League game. I just want to preface that if you want to send money my way to console me, <laughs> that's totally fine. But the Premier League is coming back tomorrow. First up at 1 o'clock Eastern, we have Aston Villa versus Sheffield United. So that's a good primer <laughs> for the day. <laughs> right. And then at 3.15, we have my boys in blue, Manchester City against Arsenal. And I'm really curious how this is going to go. I'm wondering if we're going to have uh, a lot of injuries. I wonder if we're going to have high scores, low scores, no scores. <laughs> You're gonna have a lot of bad first touches. Yes. You're gonna have a lot of uh, a lot of he's taking a shot from just beyond the 18 and he puts it 40 yards in the crowd that is crowdless. Yes. Um, <laughs> you're gonna get a lot. It's gonna be rough, but that'll probably make it fun at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I'm just uh, I'm just so excited. Uh, I don't know if I have anything on my on my schedule tomorrow. If I do. Um, yeah, I know. I just have to go to work uh, until about 1 o'clock. So I should be good to catch the second half of the Aston Villa game, and I will watch all of the City game on my couch. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be I fun. Can't. A buddy of mine, he's a United fan, but because we're both American, we're able to just uh, 
set aside our grievances and both enjoy the game of soccer. And so I think on Saturday, we're going to go to a driving range and we're going to turn on our hotspots on our phone and bring his computer and we're going to watch soccer while we hit some golf balls. Nice. <laughs> so yeah. it's back. It does. The Premier League does kind of have that effect here where you're like, you meet another Premier League fan. You're like, oh, snap. We, we you know, even though the teams we pull for are rivals, it's similar to early on when I moved down here and I'd meet another hockey fan. I guess it's still the case. Whenever <laughs> I meet a, like a true blue hockey fan, I'm like, hockey. Oh, you like the the Rangers? That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're kind of rivals, I guess. Not really. Yeah, I, I don't care for them, but you like hockey and I like hockey and I'm I'm here for it. Yes. <laughs> Let's abso- be friends. Absolutely. I think we were playing a show in uh, Oxford, Mississippi, I want to say, and I saw this guy with a Pred shirt on. And I said, go Preds from across the restaurant. And he goes like, what? Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, for sure. I was like, all right, well, there you go. That's awesome. So we've got a, a jam-packed weekend. We've, so we got those two games on Wednesday. Then on Friday, we got Nor- Norwich versus Southampton and Tottenham versus United. Uh, and Saturday, what do we got? Oh, oh, everyone. Watford versus Leicester. Oh, that was the game I was supposed to go to. It's fine. Mm. It's fine. And then Arsenal has another game against uh, Brighton. And West Ham versus Wolves, Bournemouth versus Crystal Palace. That'll be fun. Mm-hmm. That, that unfortunately is the one game that's on M- NBC Gold. Which one? The is that again? Bournemouth, Bournemouth versus Bournemouth. Crystal Palace. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out because games are going to be on Amazon Prime this year. Oh yeah, um, so, yeah, that's right. Yep. The rest of the way, and I'm so there's going to be 20 matches a season over the next three seasons. Um, and the Merseyside Derby is going to be on there. Um, so that'll, that's something to look forward to. Um, so that'll be, I, I, I don't know if that still applies for this week or not. Four matches will be shown at Amazon prime for the remainder of the campaign. So yeah, the first okay. match will be crystal crystal palace versus Burnley mm-hmm. uh, uh, on Monday, June 29th. Yeah. So, so. So there will cool, be plenty though. of options, um, different ways to watch the Premier League, different ways to keep up uh, keep up with stuff. Um, hoping that uh, Everton can take it to Liverpool this week, and who knows, you know, catch them by surprise after three months off. Probably not. <laughs> Is that this week? <laughs> but yeah, it's Sunday, I believe. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's next week. Oh no, you're right. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Anything else on the Premier League? I'm just ready for it no. to come back. There's just really, I mean, we'll report sport or uh, scores and stuff next week, but I'm just right. I'm just excited. Yeah, it's back. hard to preview stuff. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know, when like even social media really doesn't give you any kind of <laughs> inkling of what's going on. I haven't seen anything from Manchester City about training or anything, and usually I see all that stuff. So yeah, Everton's posted a few things, but it's not like great detail. But yeah. uh, well, how about we go into uh, play on yellow card and red card? Absolutely. So I'm going to throw out some uh, list of either questions or statements to Nick, and he's either going to give it a play on, which is where it's all good. I say we keep or the statement is true, accurate yellow card, which is eh, it's you know, I kind of agree with it, but not really. And red card like nah, full stop. That's not a not the case here um, with what you're saying or I disagree. So 
the first one I'm going to bring up is championships. So this past week, Denny Hamlin won his 40th race, um, and he is being considered the Mark Martin of his generation, which is not necessarily something you want to be known as. That just basically means the best driver to have not won a championship. Um, so the statement I'm going to bring is that we as a sports society put way too much emphasis on winning championships. Ooh. So, Yeah. <laughs> wow play on because i think that's my yeah because we do we really do and so it's play on the correct yes i always yes. have to like double check on this um <laughs> yeah because you have you have yeah, you have mark martin who never won a championship He's a phenomenal driver you have davy allison who unfortunately passed away too soon in his career and barely lost and just lost the championship Months prior to Alan Kowicki, and the only reason I bring that up is because I just watched a documentary on it two days ago. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, we definitely put too much on championships to say it, like if you're good or not. So yeah, I don't know if this even answers the question really. Yeah, I think uh, one of the things that um, I'll probably bring up at some point, I don't know about you, Nick, but one of the things I've studied a lot over the last year and been interested in, especially with hockey, but I'm increasing in interest across the board is analytics um which for people that don't know what that is but maybe you followed baseball at one point kind of the money ball idea of um using stats and deeper statistical stuff to understand stuff um and one of the things i was reading once about this was it was talking about how many games have to be played to determine a true champion um and for the best team to win the championship and basically the point was there's so many variable factors that go into everything that <clears throat> sometimes Judging somebody by, based on championships isn't a good barometer. Um, for instance, you have hockey, which has this this uh, variety within goaltending, where a goalie can be hot and lead a really bad team to a championship. Or um, you have so many bounces. One time, I saw somebody put up this this factoid, and it was talking about the six plays that won the Patriots the championships. And it was there's good argument for if each of those six plays went the opposite way, the Patriots wouldn't have won any Super Bowls over the last wow. you know, 20 years. That um, is but, a stat right there. <laughs> yeah, and equally, there's three plays particularly that they can point to and say, if those three plays didn't go the opposite way, the Patriots would have won nine Super Bowls. Um, you think of the two amazing catches, the two miraculous catches the Giants had in the both Super Bowls that directly led to them scoring like you know the go-ahead touchdowns or whatever if those don't happen the patriots win the super bowls and so it's interesting how so many things are just there's so many factors outside of an individual's control um that i think i agree with you play on um second statement question um baseball not having a season will do irreparable damage to the sport of baseball Ooh. It's a, uh, yeah, a yellow card. Or, yeah, no, wow. Play on. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I think too hard on that answer. Um, <laughs> what's happening right now with baseball just sucks. Uh, I was just reading up on an article that uh, Rob Manfred is uh, not confident that there will be a 2020 baseball season. Not having baseball, like, that's just, that's just the summer sport, you know? That's... That's just something you go with your buddies and you go watch nine innings and you kind of watch the game. But if anything, you're just making memories because you're probably having like really fun conversations. And mm -hmm. 
this will definitely hurt them because they're going to lose a lot. They're losing billions of dollars. Uh, and, and no baseball now. I mean, I don't, I don't know how you, it'll recover. I just don't know what that even looks like. Yeah. I think that it's going to take a bigger hit. Um, it's not going to, it's already dropping in popularity regularly. Um, just cause of the, it's a longer sport. One of the things, trends we've noticed with, our, you know, just society right now is we like things that are shorter. Um, baseball games are lengthy, they're long, there's um, a lot going on, and I think that you're going to lose a lot of your fan base and it's going to take a big hit to the sport. Um, next one, the Young Guns have officially arrived in NASCAR. That's probably an easy one, but... Let's play on. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Tyler Reddick, as we were just talking about, he's up there. Chase is up there. And yeah, who else do we yeah. got? We got Chase. We got we got Tyler, yeah Blaney. We got Blaney. We've got um, Bowman's been winning this year. You got what was Chase. the average age of the top? Was the top five they were talking about the other day? Yeah, the t- average age of the top five from the race was something like thirty, somewhere around thirty, and that's primarily because Denny twenty nine. <laughs> that's because Denny was thirty nine years old. The next four guys were next three guys were in their mid twenties. And I think Al Marola finished fifth. So that kind of bumped it up a little bit in the end. But at one point you had Byron there in fifth, who's 22 years old, um, which really takes it down. But yeah, it was around 30, which is quite young. At one point you had 39 year old Denny Hamlin and then 36 year old Kyle Busch in the top 10. And the next oldest was a 29 year old. And it was like, Whoa, (laughs) Um, I'm, I'm excited. They're really, they're really giving a run for the money of, uh, of these older veteran guys which we thought we were going to kind of see last year i guess and mm-hmm. we're finally seeing it this year so yeah. it's it's really exciting um i would like to see the old veteran matt kenseth do a little something but it seems like he's kind of holding down the fort in 25th place every week yeah <laughs> <laughs> um all right and so um see i got one i got two more um well i have three more but we'll only do two of these um so steve o'donnell talking about um nascar race on in, racing on intermediate tracks cited jeff gluck's poll as evidence of um the the new rules package being better on intermediate tracks do you um nascar so the statement nascar should continue to use twitter polls as a barometer for success or failure in nascar Ooh, that's a good one uh, I'll give it a yellow card because it's, it's people are so opinionated on Twitter because they'll they'll yeah because the 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 con I see is that uh for a race for instance they're only going to look at either if they look at who won that's going to decide whether a race was good or not you know so if they don't like Kyle Busch and Kyle Busch wins they're going to say well it wasn't a good race so that that there your poll has been skewed because the whole race could have been really good. And then, yeah, that's yeah, that's why that's why I would give it a yellow card. Um, I think I think somebody did a study of this. It's crazy how much study's gone into Jeff Gluck's "Was it a good race?" Yes or no poll. It's genius. Um, it's like the best poll. I look forward to it every Monday. I do too. <laughs> um, but there's a couple of things that causes me pause. For instance, you can there's like websites where you can like pay money and they will up tick like the number of votes. 
Um, there was some big drama between Buffalo and Nashville last year over some stupid poll of what had the best fan base where Buffalo oh. was leading. It was like the Bills versus the Titans, and the Bills were leading by like 40,000 votes or something like that with like 30 minutes left in the poll. And then somebody spent money <laughs> to get like no. a bot to do all these votes and bump Nashville over or something like that. I don't know how accurate all that is, but it was it's that's there's just a reality that polls on Twitter can be manipulated um that like that and i don't know if i want nascar going oh well look at this poll you know here um that being said i love gluck's poll and like you said i look forward to it every year or every race um i usually check it he usually posts it around eight o'clock in the morning and i like checking it about an hour after that because usually you get a good barometer of what the final number is going to be after about an hour that's Um, true uh homestead got 64 percent i think yes which i don't know I don't know. I don't know what people are looking for. (laughs) I don't either. Um, Final one. um, The way that the league sits right now in the Premier League is the way it will finish when it comes to relegation and um, the Champions League. Play on. I I mean, uh, we're very excited to see soccer and notably the Premier League come back, but I don't really see too many changes happening. Uh, Liverpool's got it in the bag. Top the rest of the top three. I mean, City might not even be in the Champions League next year mm-hmm. for other reasons besides what happens on the field. Uh, but I don't really see too much more happening. But I mean, if Bournemouth really screws up, they're done. So yeah, that would be the only big change I think I would see. That's the exciting part is you got a three way tie right now for the uh, rele- last relegation spot, um, and they're all only two points behind Brighton. Um, so I think I agree. I doubt you see a change, much of a change towards the top. Um, although if Man City were to get eliminated because of legal issues or tax evasion or whatever it is they they got going on, I think they, spent, they they overspent their spending cap. I think is that's what it, what it was. was yeah. yeah. Um, wouldn't it be great to see uh, the Wolves jump Man United and oh, in the Champions League? Absolutely. <laughs> so I'm looking at the standings right now. It's Liverpool or Sheffield United too, dude. Let's talk about those guys. They're seventh right now. That's with 43 points. That's yeah. They're tied with Wolves. They're two points ahead of Tottenham. They're two points ahead of Tottenham. They're ahead of Arsenal. <laughs> like, come on. So, yeah, if you have City that's out, that leaves Liverpool, Leicester, Chelsea, and United. And, yeah, so if, if the Wolves hop United, wow. I kind of wouldn't hate that. <laughs> no. It'd be pretty fun, wouldn't it? My my um, best memory with with the Wolves is I met uh, a Wolverhampton fan at the Formula One Grand Prix three years ago, and since then I've just had a good taste in my mouth for for those guys. Like they're they're dangerous. They are a dangerous team. Um, so yeah, that's my little soapbox on those guys. <laughs> my big thing with uh, the Wolves is that um, their manager Santo has the greatest beard in the Premier League. Um, oh, that's why I like them. Yes, the big thick it's black beard. Nice right? thick. Well, it's gray, and <laughs> oh, that's okay. kind of what like I, I just think he like he just adds like he just looks like a like a wise manager. <laughs> and I'm just like he's probably so well spoken. <laughs> probably like, I will I will listen to you. I don't know what you have to say, but I'm going to listen to you. Right. So yeah, the bottom um, three are Bournemouth, Aston Villa, and Norwich. Wow, and West Ham, Watford, and Bournemouth are both are all three tied. Wow, that's fun. (laughs) Yeah, that's going to keep it entertaining towards the end. I mean, Aston Villa has a game in hand. So if Aston Villa wins tomorrow or wins their game, uh, yeah, I guess tomorrow, um, that would put five teams 
within two point three points of each other battling for to not be in the last two spots. Jeez. Um, that'd be a wild fun time to watch, especially if because West Ham and Bournemouth being down there. Um, those are usually middle of the table teams that are in relegation trouble. So that makes it fun. Yeah. I'm really bummed that Bournemouth is that far down because I feel like it's hard to hate Bournemouth. Like, why would you? Right. Um, they're just, <laughs> they're just kind of a Cinderella, a Cinderella team. So I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I would, I would be sad to see them leave the premier league. Yeah. Yep. But we'll so. see. We've got 92 games to watch. And then have like what a three week break, and then the next season <laughs> starts. Like that. Yeah, that's going to be fun for the next few. All the sports leagues is there's going to be a quick turnaround from the championship. Whenever hockey and basketball and those sports get going with their playoffs, as soon as the season ends, you're looking at probably four weeks of, and over the course of those four weeks, five weeks, whatever it be, you're looking at free agency happening, the draft happening, and then training camp. Um, and it'll be similar for. Um, the Premier League, just the fast turnover time will be entertaining to watch. And we'll have completely forgotten about COVID-19. I'm really excited for Christmas. <laughs> Maybe all this will be over. <laughs> or not. Uh, I'm really excited for Christmas 2021. <laughs> Fair. When I am confident all of this will more than likely be over. Ugh. I'm not, looking, I'm not looking forward to talking to my kids about the roaring 20s and I'm not talking about the 1920s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, the sleeping 20s when we slept all the time. Because uh, quarantine we 20s. <laughs> well, anything you want to rant and ramble about? I would love to rant and ramble about the Buffalo Sabres, but that we don't have the time for it and nobody here really wants to listen to me talk about how the Sabres are one of the have one of the worst ownership groups in sports and i've made some they made the right decision and then followed it up with a baffling decision in that they fired their gm today and then promoted a guy that has zero gm experience and in his press conference today did not act like he knew much about the roster situation of the team and they're making all these cuts for budgetary purposes because well they're in the oil game and uh, oil's not doing so well these days so it's a it's a mess, and I could rant and rave about the Sabers for hours, but I will do you all um, the I will save you all the the stress of that. All right. Well, <laughs> how about you? <laughs> I kind of had one earlier. But I wouldn't call it a rant. Here's okay. I'm just gonna dive into this. We talked about this last week, but I just want to like be done with it right here, right now. Uh, I'm tired of people complaining about the Confederate flag being removed from NASCAR and. Just get over it. Quit talking about your rights. Fly your flag at home. No one cares. And if you're complaining about rights, don't come to me complaining about also a guy kneeling during uh, the national anthem because it is his right to do so. I will stand during the national anthem because it is my right to do so. So get over the Confederate flag. It should have never stayed. Goodbye. (laughs) That's all I got. And I think uh, <laughs> that uh, that's I yeah that's agreed. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, it's just I feel good saying that. I've been like trying to I've been building that up all day. So there you go. There you go. Uh, um, yeah. So yeah, thank you guys for making it this far. Um, yeah, we've gone five episodes. This far. Yeah, yeah. This has been fun. Uh, we're gonna keep tightening this thing up. Uh, follow us on the social. 
Instagram, whatever that means. Uh, RFRC podcast and follow our individual pages, Nick underscore GW underscore and Josh two zero four two six. Did I get that right? Yeah, that's my yeah on Instagram, Josh two zero four two six, and then on uh, on the Twitter, I'm Josh Scott Court Corth. Um, I've got my through the middle name in there. Oh yeah, my Twitter is also Nick underscore GW underscore because underscores were cool like five years ago, and I just haven't changed it since. Right. Um, so. Um, Ninety percent of my sports stuff is posted on Twitter. It's just me. It's very entertaining. <laughs> you tweet like twenty times a day. It's very. Entertaining. I know, and I have like no followers. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody cares about what I say, but I'm just like I'm going for it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very entertaining. The thirty the thirty minutes I'm on Twitter a day for sure. Well, folks, thanks for hanging out with us um, from Nashville. I'm Nick, and from Raleigh, I'm Josh. And we will see you guys next time. Have a good night. All right, guys. Day. All right. Bye. Bye.